Kansas City. This is Saturday the Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. I'm going to let you all know, when uh, when this uh, intro song goes, I'm just bopping and weaving and just bouncing back and forth. I mean, I know you guys can't see it, but I'm hoping you can hear it in the voice because I'm just, I'm just, I'm vibing right now. Now I'm vibing. It's Saturday. It's 9 o'clock in the morning here in Kansas City. I hope everybody's having a wonderful day. As always, you can chime into the show via Twitter. You can at me at Kramer Talks. Or you can talk about all the topics on the show. Like today, going over the AFC Week 2 matchups. It is Week 2 in the NFL. Holy cow, it's Week 2 already. What an amazing week Week 1 was. We'll get more to that a little bit a little, here shortly. We're going to talk about the downtown stadium, possibly in Kansas City. Some daily fantasies. So make sure you guys get your either DraftKings or FanDuel lineups ready. Or at least open up ready in the next 30 minutes or so. And uh, we're also going to talk about uh, some, uh, you know, some dual threat, uh, dual sport athletes uh, coming up later on in the show. But also, let's just go back to that week one of the NFL. What an amazing start to the season, especially on the Thursday night game that we saw between the Cowboys and Buccaneers. I talked about that last week, so I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Then we get the full slate on Sunday. Because one thing, I'll, I'll say it now. I know I'm not, I'm not, we're in Kansas City. The Chiefs played the Browns last week, but honestly. The Browns should have won that game. They they peed down their leg when they were in crunch time. Heck, even the punter for the Browns peed down his leg once he got that snap. He still he he had time to punt that ball. And if he actually had to punt that ball after he picked it up and dropped it instead of instead of running like he did, he should have kicked it. He had time, and I feel like they would have kicked it. Browns probably could have won that game because that momentum didn't turn. Because at that point in time, the momentum shifted completely to the Chiefs' side. But hey. A win's a win in the NFL, and you just got to go week by week with it. Kind of like how Travis Kelsey said on the Monday Night Football broadcast, he didn't even know who they were going up against this week. And it's of course, it's the Ravens, but he's like, is it the Chargers? He knows they got them. They're coming up uh, within the first few weeks of the season. Granted, that's week three at Arrowhead next um, uh, next Sunday at noon. That's the kickoff. But the Chiefs are taking on the Ravens this Sunday. But also that week one matchup, the Ravens played this past Monday. That Raiders game, holy Cow. Even Dusty Likens, he tweeted at me saying someone needs to check on Kramer because uh, this that game was a a roller coaster of emotions. I I left work over at T Shot, still had time to shower and watch the game. I mean, I have my phone, YouTube TV on my phone. I was watching it in the shower. I I know I'm not the only one that does that that puts their phone in there to watch stuff while showering. And then I still had time to make it to St. Joe in time to watch fully the entire game. And it's just like. This is amazing. Like this game had me on my seat the entire time. I was shouting. I was hooting and hollering. I lost my voice because this game, that game was a spectacular way to end week 1. And then how week 2 started this this week on Thursday with the Washington football team and the Giants. Holy cow. Like with this football, it's I love baseball. Baseball's the number one sport ever to watch and cover. But man, the first two weeks so far, well, at least the f- first week and then the first game of week two, what an amazing showing that we've seen for the NFL. Like that That's why right now, granted, NFL reigns supreme. Like even like, the ratings show it. People watch football. It's its one of the, I mean, it's its, it's America's, it, 
I want to say baseball is America's sport, but America's sport now is the NFL. It is. But yeah. Week two, the Chiefs are taking on the Ravens this Sunday. And the way that it looked by with the Ravens last week and how the Chiefs looked last week, it should be a close game, but it's not going to be. It, it won't because of all the injuries that the Ravens have is going to is, is added up. It, 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 we've already seen it already. Even with that, uh, they say, oh, they have a new spectacular offensive line. The Raiders last week only rushed four, and Lamar Jackson was running all over the place. And you're going to say that, okay, the Chiefs, oh no, Frank Clark. Uh, he, if you're a Ravens fan, you're like, oh no, Frank Clark ain't going to do nothing. He's not going to do. He, he didn't do. He didn't do anything week one because he was out. Oh, Tyron Matthew, he's not going to do anything. He was out week 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 one as well. Uh, they're hey, I don't know if you know this. I'll just you know, they're knocking on the door right now and saying, hey, us Chiefs, we had nobody on our injury report this week. Heck, even Austin Blythe played practice fully this entire week. Now that's impressive because that 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 man has gone through some stuff. He has. He has. He has. But the Chiefs are 100% healthy. If that defense is 100% healthy, and how the Raiders only rushed four pretty much the entire time, and Lamar Jackson was in trouble then, well, the Chiefs, it was Steve Spagnolo's. Ugh, gosh, holy cow. It's, you know it's 9 o'clock, and I still haven't had my coffee in me. Steve Spagnolo, he's going to dial up so many different blitzes, because, I mean, that's what he does. I mean, we've, we've seen that with, in his time in the entirety of his career in the NFL. There's going to be so many blitzes. I bet you anything this week, we're going to see Nick Bolton have his first sack. Legereus needs to have a snack. We're going to see Tyron Matthew might have a sack. Like they're... Lamar Jackson is in trouble. He is, especially with this pass rush for the Chiefs. Like, we, Granted, we saw a little bit of it last week against the, the Browns once the uh, once uh, Jedrick Wills was, uh, was hurt. We're, we're just going to... It's, it's did, did I say Jedrick Wills? I don't, why can't I think of the guy that just got hurt? I don't know. My, my brain is not functioning this morning. But even when their top offensive tackle was out for the Browns, the Chiefs are still pressuring. And that's also another reason why the, the Chiefs won that game is because the healthiness. And now that the fact that you have Frank Clark on one side, Chris Jones is going to be on the other side. Hey, Chris Jones had a sack. He had a couple. Like This guy's going to have at least four or five sacks this game. He's going to look like He's, he's just going to run around with like a chicken with his head cut off, just running through Villanueva, which, by the way, in that Madden sim that I do over on Arrowhead Pride, Villanueva got hurt. That's in the Madden sim. You, you, you already know that if Madden is trying to cooperate or go toe-to-toe or in line with how the NFL works, I mean, they, are, they knew that, the, uh, that somebody's going to get um, hurt in that game, and I'm not trying to say no one. I'm, I'm never out here trying to say that someone's going to get hurt. But if Madden's already in line of like, okay, the Ravens are beat up this year, Oh, yeah, we're going to have Villanueva's going to get hurt in your Madden Sim. Is, by the way, if you haven't checked out that Madden Sim, go to Arrowhead Pride right now. Because, I mean, I'm a contributor there. So make sure you uh, check out the uh, the Madden Sim. I mean, it's, it's, there's a great highlight. It's a great package there. So make sure you go check that out. Spoiler alert, the Chiefs did win 34-20, which that's what I think the score is going to be this time. But with how this defense is going to be all in full force. Heck, Mike Dana. I, I, I love Mike Dana. He's going to be involved in it. The Chiefs might break the record of games with most sacks in a game. All because Lamar Jackson's going to be running around scrambling for his life. Lamar Jackson's good. He's not great, but he's good. Heck, I, well, I saw a stat the other day that said Jalen Hurts has three games over 300 passing yards, and he's only played pretty much three or four games starting. Lamar Jackson has only two in his entire career, and he's been in the MVP of this season. Of the, not this season, of, uh, of a, se- a season ago, two seasons ago. Lamar Jackson... He's a good quarterback. 
but he's not great. He's not Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the best. He's the best quarterback in the NFL. There's reasons why he's number one in the top 100. He's going to go toe for toe for Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is going to be left in the dust, kind of like how Tyreek Hill is going to blow past every single person or whoever races up against him. That, that's just that's a proven fact. This defense for the Chiefs, people want to say, oh, no, the defense is still lagging behind. It, it is, it is. It's not. The Chiefs' defense is there. It's fully healthy. Heck, even earlier this week, their uh, left or right tackle, Stanley, got hurt for the Ravens. That's, that's terrible because last week they were just on skates by either Carl Nassib, who forced the fumble on Lamar Jackson in overtime, or even Max Crosby, who was just might end up becoming one of the most elite pass rushers in the NFL if he's not already because he's always in every single play. But this is going to be a test for this offensive line for the Ravens and for Lamar Jackson because, granted, he's going to have running yards. He's, he's, he's going to run all over the place. That's that's what he does. He's a, a mobile quarterback, and if you can't use your mobile quarterback to his best ability, then what are you doing with him? If he can get you yards down the down the field, of course, run with him. But you're running that risk of him going out there and possibly hurting himself, kind of like what we saw with Michael Vick has done in his well in his career when he played when RG three was around. And we saw that how he ran around and he ended up getting hurt at some point, and then he just pretty much his career got derailed. There's a risk when you have these mobile quarterbacks, and how the Chiefs defense works. They're going to be running all over the place, especially chasing Lamar Jackson. Whether that's even with negative yards, or if it was positive yards, but by not much. The Chiefs are going to be there no matter what in this defense, and that's why the Ravens are in trouble. And the fact that the game is in Baltimore, that, that's got to that's show you right there that the Chiefs are always those road dogs that always win on the road because, what, the past two seasons, the Chiefs' games that they've lost were at home. So that's why even last week when I said that the Browns were going to beat the Chiefs is because usually the Chiefs lose at home, which, which you wouldn't think that, but that's, that's what's happened. The Chiefs go on the road and they win all the time. That's and you got to thank Andy Reid for that because when every single time you go out there, he wants to play the best team, the 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 best fifteen to twenty calls that he has already set up in order because of his playbook. He it's like a script. He has all right. He knows this one's going to work here. This one's going to work there. This one might work, but it could get the first down. But then that fifth play could be the home run touchdown ball. And then heck, you're already on your first possession. You're already up seven um seven to nothing through five plays. And Andy Reid's sitting back saying, dang, I've already only gone, I've only burned five of my, my script and I've got 15 more left to go. Heck, by halftime, it could be 24 to nothing. The Chiefs are going to win this game. And I, 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 of course, we all know I'm a Raiders fan. We've, I've, I've, I've clearly alluded to this plenty of times, whether if it's on the Bet 1660 here or over on the sister station at 610. I'm the Raiders fan. I'm the resident Raider here in the building of Odyssey. But man, the Chiefs are going to eat this week, especially for Sunday Night Football. Make sure you tune in after the game, listen to the Chiefs post-game, uh, the Chiefs Radio Network post-game, and then following after that, we have the Arrowhead uh, Pride post-game show with Jay Binkley, and uh, I'm producing it. So Jay Binkley and myself are going to have are in for a long, long night coming this Sunday. We're going to be probably up until two o'clock, three o'clock. We'll we'll just see how it goes with the game. But yeah, no. I, the Chiefs are going to beat the Ravens. It's 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 there. It's it's already in the works. Now there's other teams in the AFC West. Clearly, they got Raiders, Chargers, and Broncos. Raiders played the Steelers this week. People are probably thinking, okay, the Raiders, Raiders had that Week One victory. 
Which, oh my gosh. At Allegiant Stadium, that was an impressive showing by the fans. People were always saying, oh, there's not going to be many Raiders fans. There's this, that, that, this, that. There's going to be so many other fans coming in to uh, watch the game. That thing was all silver and black the entire time at Allegiant during the Ravens and Raiders. The Raiders are going to be on the road against the Steelers. People are thinking, oh, Steelers, their offense isn't great. I mean, granted, we saw that week one that against the Bills. The offense did not perform. Big Ben may be washed up. But they end up winning. They beat the Bills because that defense. And that's the thing. That's it's gonna be a I bet it's gonna be a defensive ball game, but the Raiders are still gonna prevail because they have the better offense that we've seen. Because I mean everybody said the Ravens defense was good. Heck, I mean, we, we could tell there's holes in that Ravens defense, especially with Marcus Peters out. But that de- both defense, I think, is gonna be a complete even. It's just who's gonna be able to make the the offensive run. Granted, the Raiders are going to be down a handful of players. Gerald McCoy, the defensive tackle, is done for the season. Josh Jacobs ruled out for this game. Yannick Ngakwe may not even play this week because of a hamstring. The Raiders are going to win this game. They may be down players, but the best X factor that they have is especially when they signed Kenyon Drake this past offseason, which personally, myself as a Raiders fan, I enjoy thoroughly because I know that the first two years of Josh Jacobs' career, he did not play a full 16 games at the time. Granted, there's 17 games now. So, he may play next week. So, he's going to play at least 16 games. But it's just that security blanket that the Raiders needed for a running back. We And they, they have it with Kenyon Drake. Granted, it sucks that Denzel Good's out for the season as well. So, their, other, their, their starting tackles is, is gone. So, it's just that, that pass rush is going to be not... It's going to be there. The Steelers' pass rush will be there, but the Raiders' pass rush will still be there because of the fact that they they always they send four, yet those four applied pressure to Lamar Jackson. It's They're going to apply pressure to Ben Roethlisberger because that offensive line for the Steelers is not great. We saw that. They were not opening up lanes for Najee Harris to run the football. They, they were uh, making sure Big Ben had to force the throw it um, hurry. They had to hurry the throw. Raiders winning this game in Pittsburgh. Especially also the last four games that they played, the Raiders have won. In the last game I think they did play, they won by three, was back in 2019 or maybe 2018. Raiders got the they, Raiders got the Steelers. They do. Now with the Chargers and Cowboys, it's, a, it's in uh, Los Angeles over at SoFi. The Cowboys, if you lose this game, there's a big question mark whether you are going to finish first in the division like everybody thinks they are over in the NFC East. Because the Chargers, they didn't look great against Washington at all. and I mean, granted, they only won by, what, four points? Washington should have won that game. They, we, we all know that. They should have. At least I, I, I at least know that. But the offense for the Cowboys will shine because they will be too much. The, 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 everybody was thinking, oh, the Buccaneers offense, our defense is going to look so good against the Cowboys offense because we don't know what Dak Prescott's going to be, be like. Dak balled out. He passed it to Amari Cooper, what, 20 times? He passed it to C.D. Land, what, 20 times? They're going to throw it all over the Chargers, and they're going to make the Chargers look like they're not an, a, a, a top 15 defense. So I don't see the Chargers being the greatest defense that everybody thinks they are. Everybody loves the Chargers. Everybody this, everybody that. They won one game. How many more games are they going to win? What, four more, five more? Because that's what all I see them doing. The Cowboys are going to throw it all over the Chargers this week. CeeDee Lamb's going to have 200 yards. Mark Cooper's probably going to have 200 yards. Heck, Ezekiel Elliott could probably run for 200 yards. Because once the Cowboys go up by 7 or 14, Zeke's going to run. Zeke hasn't had that game where he broke out for 150 yards and some time. And today's the day. Because once the 
well, Sunday's the day because once the Cowboys are up and the Chargers are going to try to keep throwing and throwing and throwing and throwing because they can't rely on their running game because Austin Eckler is their starting running back and he's a true pass catching back. They're going to keep throwing it. Justin Herbert's going to fail. Once he gets that mentality of failing, he's going to continue to fail. And that's it. That, that's, that's it for J- Justin Herbert. It is. Cowboys will shine against the Chargers this week. Now for the Broncos and Jaguars. This might be the mini test for Trevor Lawrence on going on a top five defense. Last week, Trevor Lawrence went up against Houston. That defense doesn't cut it. That, that, that defense was just there. Trevor Lawrence what, threw an interception or two. But he at least looked decent. He was able to make his passes. He had to settle down. He got his first loss ever in his entire lifetime of playing football, whether that was high school, college, and now into the NFL. He's going to, I believe, do good against the Broncos. Do I think he's going to win against the Broncos? No, because Jacksonville, Urban Meyer is a college quarterback, not college quarterback, a college coach. Heck, he was even asked earlier this week whether or not he thought about going to coach for USC. Which, by the way, if I'm Eric Bieniemy, I'm 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 going to try to get out of here so I can use my my way to help out a program such a storied program such as USC and try to make it my own to make it to the NFL. Which he should be an NFL coach already. Heck, he got turned down by the Jets twice, which is completely ludicrous. Like EB needs to be a a coach in the NFL. That I I I yeah I know. I know. We, we all know this. But going back to the Broncos and Jaguars, last week, Von Miller told Teddy Bridgewater that he hasn't had this feeling in a long time since the quarterback in Peyton Manning. Which, by the way, if I'm Drew Locke and I heard that, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, did he really just say that? It's like, Von, Von said, he, he doesn't like me? Von doesn't like me? He likes Teddy Bridgewater more? I mean, I know Vic Fangio likes Teddy Bridgewater more than Drew Locke because Drew Locke would be starting if he liked him. It's, that's, that's a proven point right there. It, it is. The Broncos are going to beat the Jaguars this week. But the best quarterback on the field is Trevor Lawrence. It's not Teddy Bridgewater. Heck, the best quarterback in that building at that time, because we all know John Elway's going to travel. John Elway's going to be the best quarterback no matter what, wherever he goes watching a Broncos game. Because the Broncos have yet to find that quarterback, that true quarterback, whether they've drafted or they traded for that has been drafted by the Colts. Which I'm, I'm surprised. If Andrew Luck came back, I bet the, the Broncos would try to trade for Andrew Luck. But Andrew Luck's not coming back anytime soon. We, we, we all know this. So yeah, Broncos are going to beat the Jags. Chargers are going to lose to the Cowboys. Raiders will beat the Steelers. And of course, the Kansas City Chiefs will defeat the Ravens this week. I'm Kramer right here on Saturdays with Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. Once again, you can always chime on the show. At me on Twitter, at Kramer Talks. Ask me questions. I will answer questions no matter what throughout the show. And at Downtown Stadium, next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on The Bet 1660. We're back right here on Saturdays with, Saturdays with Kramer. Jeez, tongue twister right there. Saturdays with Kramer. Saturdays with Kramer. Saturdays with Kramer. Yeah, you're listening to Saturdays, Saturdays with Kramer. Good gosh, I did it again. On The Bet 1660. <laughs> you can ask me questions on at me on Twitter, Kramer Talks. Um, uh, I cannot wait till I go home a little bit later on before I have to go into to work over at the tee shots because I I got me a Lego set this week and I I'm a nerd and I love Lego, especially with uh, it's it's a it's an Adidas shoe so I cannot wait to to definitely build that. But also building wise, the building blocks might be in place at some point for 
a downtown stadium here in Kansas City, which, by the way, I'm, I might be a select few that appreciate the downtown stadium because I honestly think that baseball deserves to be in a downtown area. Granted, I, I like where the, the Royals area is at right now over at the um, uh, uh, the Kauffman uh, complex, sports complex, as it's just a, a nice area. The The next door to it is, of course, Arrowhead, oh, GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. So I, and then also you got the Taco Bell up the street, got that Denny's, maybe it was a Motel 6. That's it. It's a great scenic view. But one thing that I do want, when or if they do move to downtown, you got to bring Crown Vision, the big jumbo screen, the crown. You have to bring it all. Like That's that's a staple when you think of Kauffman Stadium. That and the fountains. Granted, they're going to have the fountains no matter what because they have to bring that as well. All right, make it even their own. Make it even more spectacular than it is right now. The Royals are a they're an upcoming team. It's it's weird to say that since their their run from their postseason ended back in what 2015 when they won it or 2016 when we all knew the building blocks of them coming down was in 2016. We we all know that. And they also they've updated the stadium, which is honestly the Kansas City Royals, the Kauffman Stadium is I think what the fifth or sixth oldest stadium in Major League Baseball was built in like what the late sixties? Not Early seventies. It's, it, it's an old stadium. It is, it, but they've they've kept up on it. I I thoroughly enjoy Kauffman Stadium, but I'll thoroughly enjoy it more when it's moved downtown. Right, and they have what ten years left in their lease, so there is time for that downtown area to a build it, b figure out the the driving because I it is a cluster a cluster you know what when you're driving through the heart of downtown Kansas City. It, there's a traffic jam no matter what through rush hour traffic at any t- given time, whether if you're going into downtown or when you're coming out of downtown. like it, it's, it's a cluster. But there is a capability of you getting to downtown, finding a parking spot, which people are like, now, where do we park? It's, it's already a cluster, you know what, when you're going into downtown, but where do we park after that? Well, that's an easy, simple fix. There's parking garages. There is. They, they can build more parking garages if they want. But the people are like, oh, that takes forever to get into a parking garage. Make sure you're getting out of it. Everybody's taking their sweet time. You know what? When you leave a, a game at Arrowhead, it takes forever getting out of the parking lot. So, simple fix for that for a Chiefs game. Coffin Stadium gets torn down. You have more parking spots. You have more areas to get out. If they need to make more areas to get out. And also in the downtown area, there's a thing called rail cars that are making its way back into Kansas City, which I thoroughly love. It makes it transportation a lot easier, and they're bringing up more tracks. So why don't you just add more tracks to the stadium where people can be shuttled that way, whether if the parking garage you park at is at Union Station, and then clearly the I'm assuming there is land over near across the opposite side where T-Mobile Center is where they could easily add where Coffin Stadium should or could be. You could easily add a rail car system that is up and coming to where it makes it a lot easier to get to the ballpark if you want to park clear across the opposite side of downtown so you know it's easier to get out of downtown when the game is over. And you also got to think about it like this. The games start at 7. Usually games first pitches at 7-10 in Kansas City. 
That's what most night games, that's what time they start. So by then, the only type of traffic that's going to be jammed up is when the game actually is about ready to start around 6. People don't get to a, um, a baseball game a little bit before first pitch anyways, or maybe it's the second or third inning. And granted, it's also the Royals right now. We've seen the attendance numbers drop within the past... Well, I mean, there was no attendance last year. It was all cardboard cutouts in that 60-game sprint. But we've seen the attendance drop off this year. Heck, there was a game not too long ago, maybe it was two weeks or maybe a week and a half ago, that there was only 7,000 people at Kauffman Stadium. The reason why I know that is because when I produce the games for Vern, when he comes on his Vern's On Deck show, or not even not even the On Deck show, but also the post-game show, he even says... If you are a part of that so-and-so much crowd, you don't have to skip the line. You can get on and talk with me right now. Which, by the way, if you go to the Royals game, why don't you call in just to discuss what, what you watched the game to see if you want to critique or add something to your analysis of watching the game because Vern loves that. So that's why I don't see the biggest problem or issue for when or if the Royals want to move downtown. You have 10... 15 years left, like to figure it out. Heck, they could start building ground and they could say, okay, we're going to open up in 2030. Like that's when we're going to brand the brand spanking new Kauffman Stadium. The brand spanking new. Hey, you can call it the GHA Kauffman Stadium. They, they, could, they could do that. There is so much you can do downtown. It can also bring more people who don't stay downtown when they come to games to come watch games who are out of town. They can help out the local businesses that are in downtown because more people are going to be drawn to downtown to where they're going to possibly shop before they go to the game or even if they go after the game. Especially those, the, 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 the shops where you can eat, go to the bars, the locally owned bars, the locally owned eateries that are in downtown. You can do that after the game because, heck, they might think, hey, we can make more profit if we just stay open maybe an hour later, maybe two hours later. And you can drive business that way. There's so much possibilities when it comes to having that downtown stadium. And it works. People may think that it's a cluster, you know what. But here's the thing. I've gone to Fenway Park. And the, the best way, the best transportation to get there is when you take the T. The T is their subway. Their subway system. You take the T to Fenway. You don't drive to Fenway. You take the T to Fenway because it's a traffic jam no matter what when you go to or when you pass Fenway. You don't, you don't go Lansdowne Street because that's clearly blocked off because literally that's next door to Boston, like to, to Fenway Park. And the only time Lansdowne Street's open or it closes down three hours before the game and then two to three hours after. That's, that's just how things work. So granted, there's going to be places shut down Streets shut down because that's exactly what they do even at, if you're going to want to go four to five hours out east to St. Louis and you want to go to a downtown stadium that is spectacular at Bush Stadium, that they close down streets. They have parking garages. Heck, they've even added a an apartment area to where you can at least look, watch the game over on the roof where the pool is. Heck, you can even go to Ballpark Village and watch the game. There's so much that has brought and helped out downtown St. Louis, especially by the amenities, the housing, things to do. It's helped out with a downtown stadium. It, it might have took some time. It may have, it may have been in place once they had to demolish Old Bush. But, they, but they re, 
rejuvenized the downtown area, the landscape. Baseball is meant to be downtown. What team? What what other stadiums have been are downtown? The Cubs. That's another one. Cincinnati. The Reds. They may be pushed up against the the uh, the uh, is it what's uh, the Cincinnati River, the Ohio River. They're, they may be up against them. Heck, you can walk across the bridge that leads to downtown when you go to PNC Park in Pittsburgh. Heck, you can see the outlook of the Philly Stadium. You can see that. Heck, even over at where the Giants play, I, they've already ch- it was Oracle now. Still, I don't know they they changed the name of that so many times. I mean, they might be pushed up against the Bay, the Bay, but literally downtown's not too far away from it. Baseball's meant to be played downtown. It's not meant to be played somewhere over in the boonies, where all it is is a Denny's, a Taco Bell, and a Motel 6. Heck, if you even want to keep Kaufman over there, build something. Make sure there's more stuff you could do. Have a bar over there. Heck, put a bar over there. You know how much traffic that will gain from people going in and out just, just to get a drink? Hey, you can make it even affordable because you don't have to, to to skyrocket the prices. You could say, heck, before first pitch over here, it's $2 beers, $3 beers before first pitch the, every single time, before the game starts. It is just 2 to $3 beers over here. You can make so much profit off that. Sell $2 hot dogs. Sell $1 hot dogs. They can do that all the time. People go to Buck Night at Kauffman Stadium for two reasons. Dollar hot dogs and fireworks. Typically on Friday nights, they have they have fireworks most of the time. It is a great opportunity for the Royals to go downtown. They need to strive to do it. There's so much they can make. Heck, so much local businesses can make. And that's the thing that we want to do all the time. I always support local businesses no matter what. And I feel like them moving downtown will support local businesses. It's a Saturday. This is the Bet 1660. This is Saturdays with Kramer. You know what you need to do right now? Get your phone. Get your laptop. Get whatever you use to either hit up your bookie or even just if you want to do your daily fantasy, whether it's on DraftKings or FanDuel. Because you know what? We're going to try to make some money next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660. Nick Prado entering the the 30 mark of his minor league season. Holy cow, Nick Prado. 30 home runs. What, Bobby Witt Jr. has, what, 1,000 right now maybe? He's got like 33, I believe. MJ Melendez, 35 or 36. I don't know. MJ, doesn't he lead all of minor league baseball with the home runs? If you're not excited for the, the future it is to bring for the Kansas City Royals, then get out if you're a Kansas City fan. You do not need to be a Kansas City fan anymore, a Kansas City Royals fan anymore, if you don't are not excited. It's it's they're coming. They're they're, they're coming. As John once the the great John Gruden once said, knock on wood if you're with me. I'm knocking on wood. Nick Prado, man. That is that that what a a oh man. That, that get, 
they're going to be so good within the next two, three years. The Royals will be, and I, I'm excited for it because I mean, I, I I'm not, I'll, I'll say it now. There, there may be a chance, or may not be a chance that I may or may not be in the Kansas City market for for much longer, within the next five years or so. But I want to see the Royals thrive. Like I do. I may be a Cardinals fan, but I still want to see them thrive. But I digress. That we'll we'll find out here sooner or later whether or not they are the team to be. Because one thing we do know is what I'm very hot at right now currently is making some money on FanDuel. If you haven't done these lineups so far with me, especially my baseball lineups, I've hit every single week that we've had. Tires with Kramer. I had my my profit has gone up. I usually do 25 cent buy-ins, but today I feel a little more generous. I put my one dollar in because I feel like this one's going to be great for this baseball thing. If you haven't know, if you haven't played along, or have used the FanDuel, I if you've I've made a profit of seventeen dollars so far of just doing stuff on FanDuel, and that's just for doing baseball lineups. One of my college football lineups hit the past two didn't, so we're we're nixing college football from this daily fantasy stuff. I'm not. I I got to ask my boy Jay Binkley for some help on that, but uh, yeah. But, okay, if you're going to do some baseball one, get your FanDuel lineup out right now. Set this lineup because I have a feeling it will hit. But here's my disclaimer, though. My, as always, you can use these lineups if you want. But if it doesn't make you money, then you cannot blame me. You can't. I am not an expert whatsoever. I just have a hunch. Hunch, as always, for Major League Baseball. Carlos Carrasco, the pitcher, start him. He's going against Philadelphia. He has a great value, too, especially at 7200 I believe, to where... The Mets are trying to lobby to get into the postseason. They are. They are. They're trying to make sure they they get there. The Mets were leading the entire of the National League East the entirety of the season. Philadelphia took them over. Then Atlanta took them over. And then back to Philly. Yeah, Marlins. I, Marlins was my pick to make the wild card. They're not making the wild card. Whatsoever. But Carlos Carrasco, you want to start him because the Mets are trying to get there. And Carrasco is still a great pitcher. The only thing that is troublesome in this lineup is Bryce Harper, but there's those days that Bryce Harper doesn't do well, and this might be the day. It might be, because everything's always a gamble when you're doing this stuff like this, because, I mean, clearly this is gambling. By the way, if you have a gambling problem, weigh 800 bets off. Your catcher first base, take Jared Walsh. Jared Walsh is due. Going against Oakland. Oakland is got Dalton Jeffries, who's 1-0 with 3.60 ERA. Jared Walsh might have, you know, slowed off since the All-Star break, but he's heating back up. He is. He's getting it. So make sure you start Jared Walsh. At second base, take Abraham Toro of the Seattle Mariners. They're going against the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs. They are not going against the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going against the Kansas City Royals. Chris Bubich on the mound. Boobs, he's, uh, hasn't looked so hot lately. He is carrying a 4.99 ERA into this one. I personally at times want to take Bubich, even at home. But I think Abraham Toro and the Seattle Mariners, the, the, the fighting Mariners, at, clearly everybody's been saying, even the Jared Carabas over on Twitter or even the Cespedes Family Barbecue, they are saying that, that Seattle's is America's team. It's great to see Seattle up on the up and cup, uh, up and coming, and how what they have done, which has been spectacular. They're trying to make it to that postseason. They're fighting for that second spot into the AL wildcard because right now, Either the Blue Jays or the Yankees are running away with it. That, that, that American League East is that is a dog fight no matter what. And the Oakland A's and the Seattle Mariners are trying to fight there. Take Abraham Toro. A, Toro has been amazing since being traded by the deadline from the Houston Astros. Take Toro against Chris Bubich this week oh, for today. 
Your third baseman, take Matt Chapman versus the Los Angeles Angels. Jesus Suarez is 7-7 with a 3.59 ERA. Chappie got hot against the Royals. And he's going to... They're, they're, they're fighting. So, as I'm saying right now, fade the players. Not even fade the players. Take the players who are trying to fight and scratch and claw into that postseason because they're going to outshine and outperform. They will. Take Matt Chapman at third base. Shortstop, Tim Anderson gets Texas pitcher Spencer Howard. Who? Who's Spencer Howard? A 7.37 ERA. He's starting? Who's that guy? Take Tim Anderson in the White Sox. You should always start a White Sox. No matter what, a White Sox will hit. Whether it's Yasmani Grandal, Eloy Jimenez, Jose Abreu, Tim Anderson, start him. Hey, go with this. I'll go utility right now. You can even as your as your outfielder. Take Luis Robert against Texas. Spencer Howard's pitching. Who's Spencer Howard? We already know who Spencer Howard is. Take Luis Robert as well. He's your outfield spot. Another outfield. Shohei Otani. The MVP of the American League. I'm saying it right now. He is the American League MVP. Not the Cy Young Award winner, but he is the MVP of the American League. I, I'm sorry to say that, Royals fans. Salvador Perez will not win the MVP. He's having an amazing season so far. A spectacular season. No one ever thought he could get 40 home runs. I told Vern about a couple months ago, saying, hey, hey, Vern, Savage's hitting 50. Savage's damn near close to hitting 50. He's got five away. There's only, what, two weeks left in Major League Baseball, which, oh, my gosh. I. Oh, man. I, I, I just want to cut the music, go into a shell because baseball's almost over. The season's almost over. Regular season's almost over. Then you got October baseball. Heck, October baseball. My team's in it. Still, St. Louis Cardinals. I'm, I'm, I'm excited now. Let's keep going. Uh, so, yeah, take Shohei Otani versus Oakland. Dalton Jeffries, 1-0, 3.60 ERA. Take Shohei. Outfielder, Jared Kelnick. Kelnick. He had two home runs last night. Two home runs. Take him today. It's Boobich. I know. I lefty lefty matchup. I don't care. He had two hits the day prior. One of them was double against Boston. Two home runs last night. He's gonna get. He's on a tear, man. Jared Kelnick is finally here. He may, he, you might see that one six zero er um, a batting average. Be like, oh, why would I need to start this guy? Because he was zero for thirty nine at the beginning of the season when he got called up. He got set back down. He got called back up. Jared Kelnick's here to stay. He is. And you're at utility spot. Take Jordan Alvarez against Arizona. I still don't even know who their starting pitcher is. Arizona doesn't even know who their even starting pitcher is. Their best pitcher is probably Madison Bumgarner. Arizona's in a flux right now. They are the worst team, one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball. Take Jordan Alvarez. He was had the night off, too. He's fresh. All right, so your pitcher, take Carlos Carrasco. First base catcher, take Jared Walsh. Abraham Toro at second. Third base, Matt Chapman. Sam Anderson at short. Shohei Otani in outfield. Luis Robert in the outfield. Jared Kelnick in the outfield. And Jordan Alvarez's utility spot. Remember, I'm not an expert. You can use this if you want, but you can't blame if they don't work. It's just saying. Let's switch gears to the NFL. Your quarterback, take Jameis Winston. Take him right now. Jameis Winston is... I love this man. I'm trying to find a, 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 a good jersey for me to get because I want a Jameis Winston jersey. He hit five touchdowns last week and just defeated Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. He's going against Carolina this week. Do they even have a defense anymore? Jameis Winston going for another five touchdowns. He's, gonna, he's on pace to have 85 touchdowns in a 17-game span season. That's not even playoffs pending. 
James, famous Jameis is back, baby. Play Jameis Winston. At running back, take Kenyon Drake. Josh Jacobs not playing. Kenyon Drake's going to be the every down back. He already is their pass catching back. He's going to be their running back. Take Kenyon Drake into Steelers. Even if it's the, the, the pass catching, which is perfect for this, take him. Take Kenyon Drake. And for your other running back, take Nick Chubb. They're going against Houston. Houston may have looked good in their defense last week against Jacksonville, but it's going to get it's Jacksonville in a college system right now. The Jaguars are in a college system. Take Nick Chubb to run it down the throats of Houston. Take him right now. At wide receiver, C.D. Lamb against the Chargers. He had 15 targets against the Buccaneers. Granted, Winfield got hurt in the game. Winfield Jr. got hurt in the game like very early, so that kind of you know depleted a little bit of that secondary. But still, 15 targets is 15 targets. C.D. Lamb can get 15 targets this week and still have 200 yards. And he might have 300 yards. Take C.D. Lamb. Your other wide receiver spot. Take Mike Evans versus Atlanta. He had three receptions last week for like 30-some yards. He is going to ball out because people are going to be like, well, they have Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, uh, Mike Evans. Like you can put it to Scotty Miller if you want. Rob Gronkowski. Do I need to say more? Mike Evans is going to ball out. They're going to double cover Gronk. Gronk is still an elite tight end in the NFL. Take Mike Evans. The other wide receiver, DJ Chark versus the Broncos. He had 12 targets only for three receptions last week. I'd say take DJ Chark. He's going to be targeted. He will be targeted. So when here's the thing. If you want to get a wide receiver, look at the targets from last week and like compare it to the teammates that he has because you're going to think that, okay, they're going to keep targeting their wide receivers. Tight end spot. Take Darren Waller versus Pittsburgh. There's, do I need to say more? He had 20 targets last week, had 10 receptions, 100 yards, a touchdown. Take Darren Waller. Your flex, take Joe Mixon for Chicago. The number two fantasy running back in um, uh, um, uh, PPF leagues, which translates to daily, means you're going to be making money. Take Joe Mixon against Chicago. And also, defense-wise, take the Bengals against Chicago. Andy Dalton's the quarterback still. He screwed things up. He will this week. He will. This start Justin uh, Fields, so we can see him fail as well. Quarterback, Jameis Winston. Running back, Kenyon Drake. Running back, Nick Chubb. Wide receiver, CeeDee Lamb. Wide receiver, Mike Evans. Wide receiver, DJ Chark Jr. Tight end, Darren Waller. Flex your Joe Mixon. And Bengals for your defense. Have we seen the end of dual sport athletes? I discuss next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660. Welcome back into Saturdays with Kramer right here. I'm Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. I know I teased athletes, dual, dual sport athletes are going to be gone forever. We're going to do that next week because I've got questions I forgot about. <laughs> I, I Follow me on Twitter. I always tweet out stuff. My uh, buddy Brad, by the way, shout out to Brad Hydro. He, uh, his bachelor party was last week. That man's getting hitched. My man, Brad. He asked me, when will CEH be good? CEH in meaning Clyde Edwards Elaire. This might be the game that Clyde goes close to 200 all-purpose yards. He might. I think there's a good chance for it. There, There is. But would I say he's going to be good? Uh, he's. 
I wouldn't say if I go back now. I honestly wanted. I I I had the Chiefs taking running back in the first round of the the year he was drafted two years ago. But I had Jonathan Taylor being the running back that they drafted. But Clyde Edwards Elaire fits in the system for Andy Reid as a pass catching back, plus as a, a a running back, plus I mean a blocking back as well. I mean we've we've seen what he's done with Lashawn McCoy back in Philly, Brian Westbrook. He he knows Andy knows what he's doing. Granted, he had Jamal Charles at one point, and Jamal this ran and 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 and even ran more. We need to see that back in Kansas City, I feel like, but it's not going to be anytime soon. Like once Clyde's gone, maybe that's when we're going to see it. But at this point in time, I don't know. He'll be he'll be a decent running back in the league. He would he's not going to be a guy that I'd want on my fantasy team, but he'd be a guy that I I I I'd, I'd think about. Also, you asked me what would you do to cough him once they move. Make it to the parking lot like this. Make it to a more of an extended parking lot, maybe out a shop or two, a bar or two for like a chief center, cinch, uh, centered type bar. You could do that. But yeah, like that's that's pretty much all you can do when it comes to that. So also, you can always ask me questions. I will answer them. My buddy Juno Granger, which by the way is an elite pro wrestler here in Kansas City. He's he's he's. He's up there, my man. He is up there. That Juno's my man. He said Derek Carr is a borderline top ten quarterback in the NFL. Yet has a forty-seven and sixty-three career record as a starter. Who's to blame for the lack of success? I told him I'd answer on the show, but I could write a novel about this. And the lack of success is all of the offensive coordinator changes. I'm looking at you, Dennis Allen. I'm looking at you. Oh my gosh, why can't I think his name right now? Oh boy, this is not good. Who's the who's the the quarter the coach before? Uh, any type of coach that was there, that was a defensive-minded coach that is now gone and gone out somewhere, you need an offensive coach for your starting quarterback. That's one. Two is that defense. That defense has been horrendous since, you know, since 2001, 2000. That defense has been terrible. Ever since Chucky left the first time, that defense has gone down, has gone to, you know what, the toilet, whatever we put in the toilet. That's what they have been. And now the defense is finally here, but it's not they're not healthy anymore. We saw them week one. Now, now I'm flustered. Derek Carr is, I agree, is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Some of you may not agree with that, but if you watched Monday Night Football this past week, he is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. He went toe-for-toe toe with the former MVP. He is the only quarterback in the AFC right now, AFC West, that has beat Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes might be the best quarterback in the NFL, but, I mean, he's behind Tom Brady still. But still, Derek Carr is a great quarterback. He's not an elite quarterback. He will win you games. He's an above-average quarterback. He is, is better than Baker Mayfield. He is better than what people want to say. He's like Alex Smith, but he's 100% better than Alex Smith. He is. Now I'm flustered. I, I ended the show flustered. I don't like doing that. Ugh. I'm Kramer. I, I'm, I'm Kramer saying so. At Kramer Talks, follow me on Twitter. Shout out to all of you who listen. Mike Rocco, Jay Binkley, my buddy Brad. Yeah. Next Saturday, I'll talk to you over at, at 9 o'clock per usual. Stop at Kansas City. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660.